Welcome, everybody. You know what day it is? It's that off day of the week, which means we've got a great show for you. It's Derek, the man with the plan, and he's here to break it down for you. My good friend and brother, your Uncle Tom, Derek Wilburn. I'll tell you what day of the week it is. It is Uncle Tom Day. Tuesday, February, the first day of February, the shortest year, <laughs> shortest month of every year. I am Derek Wilburn. You have tuned in and you are getting Uncle Tom Talks. We're going to get right at it because i got a long way to go and a short time to get there. To quote, eastbound and down. Uh, we're going to talk Supreme Court today, but I would be remiss if I did not inform you that even though I'm Derek Wilburn and I am your Uncle Tom, you would not be hearing me were it not for the two-time Two times he won that belt. Once against Rocky Balboa. He was a heavyweight champion of the world. Now he produces Uncle Tom Talks. And his name is Apollo Creed. You talking about that old fool, Apollo Creed? Yes, I am. Indeed, I am. The Supreme Court is about to get more woke. Is the title of this show, and that is the truth. I do my very best to bring truth and nothing but truth, and that is truth. And I'll tell you the other truth, and I'll tell you the other truth is why the Supreme Court is about to get more woke. The why of the Supreme Court getting more woke is real simple. Justice Stephen Breyer, 83 years old, is being forced out. And if you don't believe it, I mean, I can't prove it. No one's going to publicly admit this, but here's what's just happened. Breyer is being forced out. The liberals, the liberal wings, the Democrats are applying pressure to him to get out while they have the Senate. Because as we discussed on Uncle Tom Talks a couple of weeks ago, Biden's poll numbers, national attitude, Kamala Harris's poll numbers. We've got a bag. Hey, heavyweight champ, what just happened? Where, where'd I left? Where'd I drop off? Uh, just uh, when you started talking about Justice Breyer, we lost you for a sec. Well, the, the whole show, I'm going to talk about Justice Breyer. Okay, uh, <laughs> were me talking about him being forced out? Yes. Okay, so he's being forced out by the Democrats ahead of the midterm elections because in the midterm elections, the Senate is going to flip to the Republicans. That's almost a certainty. Uh, the contested races that Republicans are looking very good are enough to give them numbers as it is, not to mention the Democrats who are simply not going to run again. They're going to get while they're getting good. And there were people, and I thought about putting these on screen for my audience for you to see these, but by now you've probably seen them already. People who are tweeting and saying things like, did we not learn our lesson? What they're referring to, of course, is Ruth Ginsburg. People were trying to get Ruth Bader Ginsburg to retire during the Obama administration so Obama could appoint her successor, but she didn't. She stayed stuck around, held on, held on, held on, literally died while in office, and the pick went to Trump, which gave us Amy Barrett. So these people are saying, did we not learn anything? So the idea of the Supreme Court being uh, a nonpartisan independent and individual governing entity is, if not history, awfully close to it. Okay, so they're saying we need to not make that mistake again. So Breyer's being forced out so that Biden gets the pick prior to the Republicans assuming control of the Senate and therefore able to block anybody that he puts up. But here's the thing, Republicans don't block Democrat nominees. So I'm gonna I'm gonna divide this show into two pieces. First, I'm going to expand on what I just said. <clears throat> Excuse me, on what I just said. The fact of the matter is, when it comes to oh, seating Creed. justices on the Supreme Court, <laughs> Creed, stop fooling with me, man. When it comes to seating justices on the Supreme Court, 
in contemporary times, in, in my lifetime, there is bipartisanship only one way, which is to say Republicans will vote to confirm a Democrat nominee, but Democrats will not vote to confirm a Republican nominee. And I'm going to show you the truth of that statement. Then we're going to get into the potential replacements for buyer. The people that they are standing up are some of the, you know, you know who they are. They're going to be radical leftist uh, social justice warriors. Those are the only people that Biden would even consider. And he wouldn't even consider all of them because the first thing that matters is skin color and gender. He's made that perfectly clear. They've made that perfectly clear. We've got to put a black woman in there. So uh, the Supreme Court got its first woke justice under Barack Obama. To nobody's surprise, Barack Obama was a woke social justice warrior president and is the same today, even though he's no longer president. So he appointed Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor. Sonia Sotomayor, you may recall, she um, her confirmation process was rocky due to statements she'd made prior to being nominated. One of those caused a lot of problems in her Senate Judiciary hearing confirmation. And you may recall image number one, heavyweight champ. Let's go with image number one. This is taken from a speech that she had given prior to being nominated for her seat on the bench. Quote, I would hope that a wise Latina woman with the richness of her experiences would more often than not reach a better conclusion than a white male who hasn't lived that life, close quote. That should be a problem for everybody in America. Listen, I don't want somebody who is going to draw on their life experiences to make decisions about the law on the Supreme Court. I want somebody whose commitment is to rightly interpreting the Constitution. That is what a justice is supposed to do. Not rely on my experience growing up in the barrio or growing up in the, the, the beautiful gated communities of Bel Air or anywhere else to reach conclusions that stem from my path through life. That's not what a justice is supposed to do. I want a justice who is going to rightly interpret the Constitution, period. But even though she had said that, Sotomayor was confirmed nevertheless. And here's the truth of the matter. Let's go with, I'm going to show you. Have to get ready to be nimble because I'm going to throw you some curveball. I'm going to draw, I have written. If you don't know this, I've written extensively. Um, I'm going to show you the truth of the last handful of Supreme Court nominees dating back to justice. Well, he didn't become a justice. Dating back to Robert Bork, who was nominated in 1987. So champion of the world. Let's start this off with image number three. And you can just put this on screen and leave it. People don't need to see my face. And I'm going to read to you data that I, oh, geez, the justifications got all screwed up in trans, LOL. I'm going to read to you data from an article that I wrote for the American Thinker. We will show you a link to that article later in the podcast. You can read it for yourself. But here we go. Robert Bork. Robert Bork was nominated for the Supreme Court in 1987 by a Republican president by Ronald Reagan. Now, the smear campaign against Bork has become the stuff of legends. It was immediate. It was successful. His nomination was blocked by Senate Democrats with 97% of their caucus voting no. So he failed on a 42 to 58 vote. 58 of 60 Democrats in the Senate voted no, 97%. So that's Democrats refusing to vote for a Republican nominee. The next vacancy, the nominee to fill it was Justice Clarence Thomas, who I have the opportunity to meet in a couple. Thomas was nominated to the Supreme Court in 1991 by a Republican president, George H.W. Bush. 
His slandering and the sleaze accusations against him were just also the stuff of legend. They just tried to destroy this man, these Democrats who so love black people. Thomas was confirmed. He was confirmed on a very narrow, strictly partisan vote, 52 to 48. Of the 48 no votes, 46 were cast by Democrats. Okay, so 46 of the 48 Democrats tried to block him. He barely got through. The next nominee was Ruth Ginsburg. Ruth Ginsburg was nominated in 1993 by a Democrat by Bill Clinton. Ginsburg was by far the most liberal member of the court up until her passing. May she rest in peace. However, she passed the Senate on a massively bipartisan vote. She passed on a 96 to 3 vote. Okay, so all of the Republicans in the Senate, all of them, X3, voted yes for a Democrat nominee. You see the difference? Stephen Breyer. What came up next, he was nominated for the Supreme Court in 1994, also by Clinton. All the Democrats in the Senate voted yes. On, and almost all of the Republicans did too. Breyer was approved on a bipartisan vote, 87 yay, 9 nay. 87 yes, 9 no, just 9 people. Almost all the Republicans voted for both Breyer and Ginsburg. Almost of the Democrats voted for Bork and Thomas. Up next came John Roberts. John Roberts was nominated in 2005 by George W. Bush. He was confirmed on a 78 to 22 vote. He's the closest thing to a bipartisan vote for a Republican nominee in decades, but even then, 22 no votes. The 22 no votes were all Democrats, and that represented half of this that year. So 22 of 44 Democrats, half of them, refused to vote yes on a Republican nominee. Sam Alito came up in 2005, also George W. Bush. His confirmation was a very bitter partisan fight, featured all kinds of unusual talking points, such as the ending of legal abortion and bringing back slavery. Then New York Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton attempted to filibuster his vote, and eventually she stormed off the, the Senate floor after a roll call and advanced to cloture. So remember this? She just got up and left. I'm just leaving. Alito was confirmed on a partisan vote, 58 yes, 42 no. 40 of the Senate's 42 Democrats voted no. So almost all of them refused to vote for Alito. That brings us to Mayor. She was nominated in 2009 by Obama. Wise Latina and all sorts of other comments were out there in the public. She was approved on a bipartisan vote, 68 yes, 31 no. 23% of Senate Republicans voted yes for that wise Latina. 23%. Elena Kagan was nominated in 2010. She's arguably the least fied nominee in, in modern history. She's never served a single day as a judge at any level in her life. Elena Kagan's claim to fame, she is credited with the queering of Harvard Law. She was the president of Harvard Law, and, and she's known in leftist circles as be the person responsible for the queering of Harvard Law. She came up for vote and was approved on a bipartisan vote, 63 to 37. Neil Gorsuch, 2017, nominated by a Republican by Donald Trump. The Democrats were so upset by the selection of Gorsuch that they filibustered on the Senate floor for days. Remember this? They went as they could. Eventually, the 111th Senate voted to approve Gorsuch on a strictly partisan 54 to 45 vote. Democrats held ranks. Less than 10% of Democrats joined the Republicans in voting to approve Gorsuch. 42 out of 45 Senate Democrats voted no. 42 of 45. Next came Brett Kavanaugh. Need I say more? We know what happened with Kavanaugh. The pattern is easy to see. 
The Democrats held ranks once again. They dragged that man through the mud, tried to just tried to destroy him. I mean, allegations of 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 things he did in high school. No Democrats voted for him. The Republicans had the numbers. They pushed him through, and that brings us to Amy Coney Barrett. She got through on a Republican strictly party line vote, 52 to 48. So you see, I went through all that to make this point. Republicans will and do vote to confirm Democrat nominees. They understand that to the victor go the spoils, and the role of advise and consent is not the role of stop and block at all costs. Republicans vote to confirm Democrat nominees. Democrats do not vote to confirm Republican nominees. And that's not my opinion. I just gave you the numbers and I'm going to show you where you can look it up anytime because this is true. Heavyweight champ, if you can, can you put my American Thinker page up on screen for these people? Give me a yes or no on my headphone so I know whether or not to move on. Okay, there we go. So there's my page. There's my archives on American Thinker. AmericanThinker.com, easy to find. If you want to read the the data behind the sign, the, the, the data I just gave you, just scroll down one, two, three. Uh, I think you have to go down. It's about 10 columns. And you'll see the Democrats and SCOTUS, the real record. Okay, that's the, I, the, the what I just read you was taken from that column, the Democrats and SCOTUS, the real record. Click that and read it sometime and be informed. Democrats do not vote to confirm Republican Supreme Court nominees. Republicans do vote to confirm Democrat nominees. The Democrats hold their breath, kick and scream, and say, I'm taking my toys and going home. That's what they did on Kavanaugh, that's what they did on Amy Comey Barrett. Doesn't matter if they're black, doesn't matter if they're white, doesn't matter if they're female. They refuse to support anyone that a Republican president in contemporary times, dating back to George H.W. Bush, they refuse to support almost all of them, the lone exception being John Roberts. And I guess you could say Sam Alito, uh, about half of them voted to support him. Now, so that's the history of the Supreme Court and how this happens. Now we're going to get into Joe Biden's picks and some of the people he's choosing from to be your next Supreme Court nominee. Because they're forcing out Breyer, telling him to get while the getting's good, don't pull a Ginsburg on us. You know, these people, they, they never stop. They never quit. They never go away. Breyer's 83. Nancy Pelosi just that she will be seeking reelection, of course, because they never go. She's 83. She'll be 83 next month. But she's running again. But it's for the children. Hey, Diane Feinstein, I believe, is now closer to 100 than 90. I think she's 95 and a quarter, I think. But these people, they don't quit. They die in office. But uh, uh, Brian Meyer at 83 is, is old, but he's not you know, one foot in the grave, the other on a banana peel. There's only one reason for him to walk away because they know they're going to lose the Senate and they want that seat to be held by a left-wing radical. So get cut number two ready, heavyweight champ. First, then now everybody knows this. I'm about to show you something that you already know, but it sets up the rest of the podcast. This is the man now occupying the Oval Office. Two, uh, two, this, this is a splice of two different videos. The first one, taken from the Democrat debates, one of the Democrat debates, one of the Democrat primary debates before the November election. The other one, taken from a press conference just the other day, only about 30 or 40 seconds long, hit it. I committed that if I'm elected president, have an opportunity to appoint someone to the courts, will be a, I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation now. It's long overdue. Secondly. If I'm elected president, my, my cabinet, my administration will look like the country. And I commit that I will, in fact, appoint a, I'll pick a woman to be vice president. There are a number of women who are qualified to be president tomorrow. I would pick a woman to be my vice president. 
Just to be clear, you just committed here tonight that your running mate, if you get the nomination, will be a woman? Yes. The 83-year-old yeah, justice says he plans to depart at the conclusion of the Supreme Court's current term, typically at the end of June, assuming his successor has been confirmed by the Senate. As for who will succeed him, Biden was clear that he would keep his campaign promise. I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue in my view. <sighs> Dr. King, were he alive today, would slap that man right across the face. We're going the wrong way. Now, listen, I'm not against having a black woman on the Supreme Court. I'm not against having a black woman anywhere. If she's qualified, if she's the most qualified, if she's the best fit for the position, she should get it. But we're going the other way. We're moving back away from content of character, quality of work, ethics, integrity, and all those things to skin color is all that matters. That's not good. Uh, Dr. King, Dr. King, unfortunately, isn't here, and this matters the most to these people. Diversity. Watch my podcast, The Cult of Diversity, from a few weeks ago. Uh, all of Biden's nominees, for the most part, have brown skin or are women. Wrong with having brown skin? I've got it. Nothing wrong with being a woman. I'm married to one. But, but when that is the litmus, we're moving back toward 1964, not forward. So Biden has committed to seating a black woman. Fine. There, is, there are published lists of the individuals whom uh, are viewed as the most likely candidates, the people on the short list. And I'm going to run down a handful of these people, give you an idea who the White House is looking at as an excerpt justice, I'm pulling this information from the Daily Mail. I will give you the, the website. I'll have the heavyweight champ put the website on screen at the end of this so you can look it up yourself. I'm going to run through a handful of them, not all of them. Uh, it would take too much time. So we're going to start with Holly Thomas. That is image number four. Mr. Champion. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Holly Thomas. There she is. Thomas was confirmed to the Ninth Circuit by a 48 to 40 margin just nine days ago. So she has got her first judge judgeship. Actually, this article is a few days now, so maybe it's been 14 days. She's been a judge for a couple of weeks, and now she's being considered for the Supreme Court. Why? Because of her skin color gender. Prior to her appointment, Thomas was an assistant counsel at the NAACP's Legal Defense and Education Fund. She was also the deputy director of California's Housing and Employment Agency and special counsel to New York Solicitor to the New York Solicitor General. So NAACP, California, New York. That should be all you need to hear to know who this individual is, ideologically speaking. None of her support, so she was just confirmed, none of her support and conference came from Republicans, with Ted Cruz referring to Thomas as an activist advocate and criticized her during hearings for being unaware of a sexual assault involving a boy in a skirt in Virginia's Loudoun County, County, 2021. We all remember this. Cruz said, quote, you testified to this committee that you are not aware of what happened in Loudoun County until this morning. I find it remarkable for someone who spent years as one of the leading activists for allowing transgender biological men to use girls' restrooms and women's restrooms, close quote. So she, when in, in her sworn confirmation hearing, just claimed she didn't even know about that case. Didn't even know. Well, which is worse, that she didn't know and she is a self-professed activist advocate 
or that she does know and just lied to the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is worse. Next, we're going to go with Nancy Abudu. I think you pronounce it Abudu. That is image number five. Nancy Abudu. She is a civil rights attorney. By the way, all these women are in their 40s for the most part. I think one's in her 50s. People are going to be sitting there for a long time, for 40 years. She's currently a nominee for the 11th Circuit Court in Georgia. So she's just a nominee for a circuit court. She's come under controversy for comparing bans on felons voting to slavery while comparing a need to show citizenship to vote to voter suppression. Quote, when you add laws that prohibit people with a criminal conviction from voting, it's practically the same system as during slavery. Because apparently all convicted felons are black. Black people who have lost their freedom and cannot vote. Close quote. Attorney Nancy Abodu said in a post for the far-left Southern Poverty Law Center. We're awaiting confirmation. The Daily Mail. Okay, the Daily Mail is a good, a good news source. Without access to the ballot, a victim of the system cannot elect the very officials pulling the levers to hire the police, which determine which cases are prosecuted and which sentences are imposed. Close quote. So a victim of the system, a felon, that's a victim of the system, not being able to vote, is therefore not able to choose the people who sent them to prison. So it's all the system. It's all the people. It's not the fact that you stabbed somebody. Our next potential nominee is Melissa Murray, image number six. Melissa Murray is an NYU law professor. Should tell you all you need to know. You see that picture right there. She's providing commentary on MSNBC. She provides commentary on MSNBC and CNN, and that is about all as far as I can tell. What do we want to say about her? NYU law professor has already been interviewed by MSNBC about the SCOTUS opening. The professor has been fairly active in on cable news, especially during the impeachment of former Donald President Donald Trump. So she was uh, on the MSNBC and on all these shows constantly criticizing and encouraging the impeachment of Trump. What she did. That's what she did. Uh, you already went to image. So now we're up to Anita Earls. Anita Earls. Let me find Justice Earls. North Carolina Supreme Court Justice Anita Earls. No, she's 61. She's the only one not in her 40s, which is probably one of the reasons if she doesn't get it, it's probably one of the reasons why. Uh, see that picture right there? I did not create that. I took it off a website. But there you go. A life dedicated to social justice, not to interpreting the Constitution. Social justice. She founded and is past executive director of the Southern Coalition of Social Justice, a group that believed that families and communities engaged in social justice struggles, a team of lawyers, social scientists, community organizers, and media specialists to support them in their to dismantle structural racism and oppression. Close quote. Are you starting? Okay, it's not that these are black women. Nobody care. No conservative could care less. No conservative that I know, I don't believe there's any two or three percent that I don't know could possibly care any less about the skin color or gender of the next Supreme Court appointee. Couldn't care less. Had no problems. Have no problems with 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 Clarence. Would love to be another Clarence Thomas. Not about skin color. Next is. Katanji Brown. I believe it's pronounced Katanji. I could be wrong. D.C. Circuit Court Judge 
Katanya Brown Jackson. Widely thought to be Biden's top pick. During her confirmation hearing, the highly influential D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, Jackson told the Senate Judiciary Committee that her race would add value to the bench when trying to explain how it would not play a role in her decisions. Quote, at the arguments, the facts, and the law, I'm methodically and intentionally setting aside personal views and any inappropriate considerations. I would think that race kind of thing that will be inappropriate to inject into my evaluation of a case. Good. That's good. Then Jackson added, I've experienced life in perhaps a different way than some of my colleagues because of who I am. And that might be valuable. I hope it will be valuable if I'm armed to the court. So it's the wise Latina deal, right? My, uh, my, my upbringing and my background have me in such a way that I might have different conclusions than somebody else. We don't want conclusions based on experience. We want conclusions based on the U.S. Constitution. But see, liberals don't like the Constitution. They want to do away with the Constitution. They want to do away with the electoral college. They want to stop red flag. They want to stop having jets fly over sporting events. They want to be. They, they want to be. They, they're woke. They want to be done with all that stuff. Image number 10 is Michelle Childs, South Carolina U.S. District Court Judge. Uh, she's also 55, so she's in her 50s as well. They aren't all in their 40s, most of them. One, uh, one of her recent high-profile rulings was dealt a defeat by the Supreme Court when it overturned Child's September 2020 decision to kill a measure in South Carolina's new elections bill that would have tightened security on mail-in ballots. The South Carolina legislature passed a bill allowing all voters to vote absentee regardless of their re in a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic but an amendment to remove the provision requiring a witness signature failed. She upheld the law, struck down the signature requirement in a decisive victory for state and national Democrats just before the election. And then the Supreme Court, and it was swiftly overturned by the Supreme Court in early October. Swift. So anyone who's paying any attention knows that Democrats want less and less voter Security, vote security, election security, ballot security, ballot integrity. Not in favor of any of that. So, South Carolina legislature said, "Look, we got to have more mail-in balloting, more mail-in voting. The pandemic, the COVID nineteen pandemic. People don't want to be in public. They don't want to stand in line with a mask on for hours. We're going to put a provision in to remove another provision." And, and just make it, generally speaking, easier for people to vote from home. They just have to have a witness. Just have to have the witness signature. Okay, She strikes it down. Doesn't want that. And the UK Daily Mail said, I just read it to you, Childs struck down the signature requirement in a decisive victory for state and national Democrats just before the election. And then just almost instantly, the Supreme Court overturned her. That moves us to Sherilyn Eiffel. Our last image, Sherilyn Eiffel. Let me find Sherilyn Eiffel. Former NAACP head. She is not a judge, has never been a judge to the best of my knowledge. Twitter feed is full of partisan attempt, uh, opinions, atypical for a Supreme Court nominee. In one such recent post, she takes aim at Republicans and even moderate Democrats, Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain. Quote, if you're not talking about the insanity and obstruction of the president's opponents and frustrating his agenda and those of and moderate, moderate Democrats, you're doing it wrong, close quote. 
She said efforts to pass election security laws by GOP-led legislatures, quote, voter suppression measures that unfairly targeted black and brown voters, quote, the purpose of it, the design of it is to subvert our democracy and ensure the outcome of elections is controlled by one political party, close quote. That, my friends, is somebody that the Biden White House is considering seating on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Is that even believable? Heavyweight champ, uh, will you please put up the UK Daily Mail news article? I sent it to you as a link below Sherilyn Eiffel. Let's just give the people a look. This isn't just me spinning off the top. I actually do have a source for all this information. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, scroll on up to the top if you can. Uh, this call, this this was written. What's the date on this? It's a few days ago, January the day before yesterday. So it's a couple days old. So if you want to read uh, more, all twelve candidates. So you see right there, twelve candidates. I just did uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. I just did eight. So it's a handful more, and I only gave you a high level, the high level stuff on what the the UK Daily Mail has. The UK Daily Mail, you should bookmark. It's a good site. They uh, they 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 call it down the middle pretty well. They lean left, they lean right, they stay pretty close to the middle. But uh, I like it because it's news from outside the United States, which has its advantages. So the Supreme Court is about to get more woke. Gonna happen. Breyer's gonna step aside. Biden's gonna nominate a Supreme Court social justice warrior, and the Democrats are gonna be able to cram her through because they have the numbers in the Senate to do it which is why they're doing it. If Breyer were to hang on and not step aside until after November, well, technically after January, after swearing in, although what can get done during lame duck is always in question. If Breyer were to hang on for another 10 months, they probably couldn't get someone through. Not probably, they couldn't get someone through this radical. Now. I showed you the previous Democrat nominees that Republicans voted for. Ruth Ginsburg, radical. I don't think she was as radical at the time she was nominated as she turned out to be later in life, but Republicans voted for her. Sotomayor and Kagan, too. So they're they're reading the writing on the wall. Okay, moving on. Uncle Tom Talks ends the same way with real fake headlines. Every show, assuming I've got time, and today I do, we play the internet game show that is taking the world by storm, real fake headlines. If you have a chat, open it up on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet, whatever you're using to watch, and get ready to vote. I am going to read four headlines. Four headlines. Of these four headlines, three are real. One, I just made it up. This is a fake. Your job is to pick the fake, put which one you think it is in the chat. The heavyweight champion of the world will let me know. And if you win real fake headlines today, you are going to win. I think we'll go back to the second prize we ever had on this show. If you win today, if you guess it right, all your dreams will come true. That's your prize. All your dreams are going to come true. Apollo Creed will see to it that all your dreams come true. Here we go. Four headlines. The first headline. Throw it on screen. Poll. White liberals, nine times more likely than Hispanics to use the term Latinx. So are white liberals more likely than the Latinos themselves to say Latin X? Headline number two. Citing story on Bab- <laughs> citing story on satire site Babylon B as real, confused Biden defends Justin Trudeau's fleeing Ottawa as truckers arrive. 
So you saw this, right? You know about the freedom train, the, the truck train or whatever it's called. It's headed into, into, the, into Canada, into the capital. Justin Trudeau packs up and bails, leaves town. And now he's claiming the reason he left town is because he has COVID again and has to isolate. So in the first place, he's got, quote, vaccination number one quote, vaccination number two, quote, vaccination number three, booster number one and booster number two, yet he still got it, according to him. And apparently he couldn't isolate in Ottawa. There's nowhere there to isolate. So he had to get out of town. Coincidentally, the same time the truckers were arriving. Headline number three, Columbia University marching ban cancels itself. Members vote to disband after 116 years declaring it is founded on basis of racism, cultural oppression, misogyny, and sexual harassment. So did the members of the Columbia University marching band determine themselves too racist to continue? And headline number four, everybody's favorite, Dr. Fauci. Fauci says Pfizer vaccine will be three doses for children under five. Is that real? Now, of course, children under five don't even get it for the most part. They don't even get COVID-19. But did Fauci say Pfizer's going to roll out a new vaccine for children under five to get dosed with three times? Okay, so there's your four real fake headlines. I'm going to give them to you again. Rapid fire. Start voting. Use the chat. Just type. If you're on a phone, you don't want to type all those words. I can't say that I blame you. Just put in one, two, three, or four. Headline number one on screen. Poll. White liberals nine times more likely than Hispanics to use the term Latinx. Nine times. That's a pretty specific number. That could be fake. How do we know it's not 15 times? Headline number two. Citing story on satire site Babylon B as real. Confused Biden defends Justin Trudeau's fleeing Ottawa as truckers arrive. So did Joe not know that the Babylon B is fake news? Headline number three. Columbia University marching ban cancels itself. Members vote to disband after four, after 116 years, declaring, declaring it's founded on the basis of racism, Cultural oppression, misogyny, and sexual harassment. Okay, that's what they believe their own marching band. And headline number four, Fauci says Pfizer vaccine will be three doses for children under five. One, two, three, or four. I'm going to hold it open for just a minute or two, and then we'll get to letting you know which are real and which are fake. Apollo Creed, let me know if we have votes. We got one vote Please. for three and one vote for four. Okay, we'll give you 10 seconds. If you want a piece of this action, even if you're wrong, there's no penalty. But if you get it right, all your dreams are going to come true. So, I mean, why wouldn't you vote? One for three and one for four. We're going to hold right there. Three. Got one for one. Okay. Two for so one. So the votes are for one. Number one just jumped into the lead. Okay, two for one, one for three, and one for four. Here we go. One more. Oh, we've got one for two. Oh, man, we're spreading it around. All right, I'll tell you what. One, two, three, and four. So two, one, 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 right? Yes. Okay. Let's do them in um, reverse order. So put headline number four on screen, if you would. Fauci says Pfizer vaccine will be three doses for children under five. If you don't mind, put image 14 on screen. This, my friends, is true. That is not a fake headline. Somewhere in the country, there are parents 
probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of them, who will allow these mystery goop injections to be put into their three-year-old toddlers, not once, not twice, but three times. What kind of parent? We, we left California, got out of there when my son, my oldest son was four years old. My daughter was one month old. And if I remember correctly, at that point in time, the state of California had 53 mandated inoculations for children before their fifth birthday. Just pumping them full of all this stuff. Uh, it, it's remarkable to me. Okay. So number four is real. If you voted for number four, sorry, your dreams are not going to come true. <laughs> sorry about that. Let's go, uh, let's put number one is in the lead, right? Put uh, put headline number one on screen, if you would. And follow that up with image number 12. This is real. This is real. Found this on the Washington Free Beach. And by the way, another very good news and information site. I suggest you bookmark and surf it uh, with some degree of regularity. But white liberals, you know, they're, they're the Is anybody more offended than white liberals? I mean, what? So Hispanics, they don't really care. And men don't want that term Latin X used. Or they're perfectly fine with Latino or Latina. Yeah, no problem with it at all. It's the white liberals. Okay, two to go. So four is real, one is real. Please put headline number two on site, uh, on, on screen. Citing. A story on the satire. This this one always cracks me up. Citing story on satire site The Babylon Bee as real. Confused Biden defends Justin Trudeau's fleeing Ottawa as truckers arrive. This, my friends, is a fake headline. Made it up. I cooked this one up last night. Insomnia. I couldn't sleep. I think I typed this at about one o'clock in the morning. Made that one up, which means headline number three is real. Put headline number three on screen, if you would. Columbia University marching band cancels itself. Image number 13, please. Columbia University's marching band disbanded after a unanimous vote on Saturday. This is a few years old, by the way. This happened in 2020. The group says it is irreversibly tainted by prejudice and culture traditions. The move follows letters from alumni arguing the band is oppressive and harmful. On and on it goes. So what you have here is you have, this wasn't the agents, this wasn't the president of the university, this wasn't anything like that. This is the actual members of the marching band itself. The flautists, the French horn players, the trombonists, the percussionists, they held a vote, which was unanimous. Now, I don't know how many members there are or were in the Columbia University marching band. I'm sure it's a big number. It's a, it's a university band. All of them voted and said, we are too racist to exist and voted to end themselves. That's a real headline. That's a real story. Can you imagine your child is attending Columbia University? You're writing that check. I don't know what tuition and what it costs to attend Columbia. If I had to guess, and I'm pretty good at these things, I'm comfortable saying it's between. 60 and $90,000 a year undergraduate. Your child is attending Columbia University to earn a music degree. She plays French horn, she plays clarinet, whatever. And she votes to end 
marching band to end one of the bands that she plays in. So you're taking classes, you're playing in wind ensemble, you're playing in symphony, you try out and play for jazz band, you try out and make it and play in the marching band, you know, whatever the, the arrangement at, at, at Columbia is, you're driving toward a degree in music, music appreciation, whatever it's called. And this kid that you're forking up 80 grand a year to attend the school votes to end the very entity that's helping her to earn the degree you're paying for. That, my friends, is how crazy, backwards, upside down, completely inside out liberalism in America today is. Those were the real fake headlines. And I'm Derek Wilburn, and this has been Uncle Tom Talks. I come to you every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, mountain time, with the exception of this Thursday, the day after tomorrow, there will Uncle Tom Talks. Uh, I will be in Dallas, Texas, attending an AEI, an American Enterprise Institute conference, um, a, a group of blacks. Uh, that a, I'm, a, I'm a leadership network fellow with American Enterprise Institute, and Thursday night, when I would be doing this show, I'll be listening to Justice Clarence Thomas speak. And with any luck at all, I'll get to, to meet him and have him sign a copy of his autobiography, which I own. Which you have never read Clarence Thomas's autobiography? You should. It's powerful. He's not woke. And he's currently the only ethnic minority or the only black on the United States Supreme Court. The heavyweight champion of the world is going to take us out with some digits. And I'll see you a week from today. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Uncle Tom Talks. This has been another episode with the man, Derek Wilburn. We will be back next week. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 so that you get our text alerts when you know when Derek is going live. Stay tuned. Uh, you can find Derek on Telegram at Uncle Tom Talks, as well as on Rumble, DLive, and Twitch, and conservative-daily.com, Uncle Tom Talks. Uh, as you said, he goes live 4 p.m. Mountain Time, Tuesday and Thursday, with the exception of this Thursday. Make sure that you subscribe to our text alerts, subscribe to our email newsletter so that you get all of our important updates and everything rolling out from Conservative Daily coming up soon. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. I'm your producer. God bless you. God bless America.